Hey, home growers, Parker Curtis here from Homegrown Cannabis Co. Before Chronic gets into another awesome podcast, I have another free seed deal to let you guys know about over at Homegrown Cannabis Co. We're giving away four free lemon drizzle autoflower seeds with every order. The sought after indica heavy hybrid is the ultimate evening dessert, filling your mouth with sweet flavors before sending you to bed. So head over to homegrowncannabisco.com, fill your basket and use code lemons. That's L-E-M-O-N-S at checkout. I'll be back later with some more info on this delicious strain. Enjoy the show. What's up, you amazing viewers and home growers and stoners listening from whichever platform you're tuning in from today. I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube, and I'm back with an all-new podcast all about regenerative farming. Be sure to smash that follow or like button or subscribe button, depending on where you're tuning in from. Remember, these episodes are sponsored by Homegrown Cannabis Co., who allows me to bring these wonderful episodes full of education to all you listeners out there. Check out their top-notch cannabis seeds over at www.homegrowncannabisco.com. Now grab your favorite way to smoke and let's blaze into some amazing cannabis content. Let's do this. In this first part, I'm going to give you all my reasonings for why regenerative farming and in general living a much more waste-free life can be beneficial to not only this beautiful planet we exist on, but to your checkbook as well. First, let's talk about how much it costs to operate a grow or operation on a large scale, guesstimating some numbers I've heard in conversation with various growers I've talked with that own these facilities. So pretty realistic guesstimates, but take these numbers with a grain of salt. I'm using this for examples of why regenerative styles of growing can be massively beneficial to saving money in the long run. All farms or operations have a cost of operation. Organic farms can sometimes be a little more costly to get set up, but they are in general the cheapest in the long run. However, if they are indoors, sometimes they are a little more expensive to um, maintain depending on the area your operation's in. Now, the most expensive farms from my understanding are going to be anything consisting of large hydroponic reservoirs and electronic components with HPS lights always drastically increasing cost over LED boards as well. So it's something to think about as an owner or farm owner um, switching over lights. It, it can save you tens of thousands of dollars yearly. Now, outdoor growers get lucky. This is the first massive adjustment that some farms may want to consider switching their operations over to. Using natural sunlight will always yield insanely rich terpene-filled bud that generally is trichome covered, okay? Nature does do best when it comes to life. Um, and if we're talking regenerative farming, the point of it is to save you as a cultivator or owner or operator of a massive farm, a massive amount of money yearly on your farm or operation cost to get the best ROI or return on investment. Now, if you can't do outdoor facilities because that's, you know, not all local municipalities or states allow that, consider using higher end LED boards that mimic the sun as close as possible. LED boards are much more efficient than traditional bulb lighting like HPS, metal halide, T5s and all that. Now, when we're talking regenerative, this means an operation that doesn't require anyone to necessarily leave the farm for necessity. So not just like lights and things like that. So 
Before we actually get into the cost breakdown and numbers, let's talk the first thing, which is soil. Um, now that you guys kind of have a general understanding of some of the breakdowns of cost of operation that these massive facilities or farms may endure, which on a large on a, on a large scale, it seems like a lot, but on a small scale, uh, most growers have most of these expenses, if not all of these expenses. Um, so the, the, the big major question for many operators or large farms is where are you going to get your soil from or the grow medium you're using? Do you have room for composting? Uh, do you Can you have animals on your ranch or operation like alpacas or bunnies? These are all questions that you need to be asking yourselves amongst a, a list, a plethora of other questions. Um, if you want to have a re regenerative style setup, a true regenerative style setup. This means a farm that can house animals that can produce waste that's nutrient rich for composting, which alpaca and bunnies do the perfect job for that. For those of you who don't know anything about livestock or have never looked into it. Um, you also want to have worm bins, towers or boxes like big boxes that you build outside with, um, you know, topped with like usually cover crop and having red wigglers through them. Um, and this is for earthworm castings that you'll use for top feeding or soil mixtures to create nutrient rich um, feeds. Now that means, and, and, well, let's back up. You can also use it for compost teas as well. So that's another big thing that earthworm castings can do for you. Um, now that means that you need food scraps for the uh, red wigglers that you'll be using and you need food for the alpaca or bunny. So most of the time you can get away using the various food scraps from like bunnies uh, to actually feed your worm bin because it's generally like uh, lettuce, hay. Um, I think there's some vegetables that they can't eat like carrots and things like that. So you can put the food scraps from your animals actually right into the earthworm bins. The earthworms will break them down and it goes all back into the soil and everything's regenerative, recycled, upcycled, all that fun stuff. This is why when purchasing land for your grow, it's important to look at what can grow naturally as far as crops. Having access to hay for your animals is a massive money saver, which in return produces essentially completely free compost to use for your farm. If you purchase proper male to female ratios for your animals, you could also have a breeder pair or pairs to continue your animal lines to never have to repurchase livestock until you re retire your breeders or you, you know, you maybe you trade animals for other breeders. So that's how a lot of farms end up doing it. Now that you potentially have your soil and compost figured out with some minor adjustments, uh, like maybe using small grow boxes or areas in your facility to grow cover crops to top feed compost bins or piles to enrich them with nutrients like clover and things like that. Um, it's time to figure out water after that. If you're in the proper area, you can get a facility with well access or a land with multiple wells. This will save you an immense amount of money per year. If you can't find a property with running water, um, no biggie, but if you can, uh, a running stream will, you'll have pretty much the perfect setup. If you have like a well with a running stream, you are the perfect setup for livestock and regenerative farming. Um, this is as long as it's clean, obviously, and constant flowing mountain water or like fresh water. Stagnant water can kill certain animals. Stagnant water can kill certain animals from bacteria. And you definitely don't want to kill your livestock on your farm. It's, you know, that, that's terrible and, and no fun. Um, another option is if you have no well access is to collect rainwater. However, many states have made laws against collecting rainwater, which I believe 
Anyone listening, living in those areas should absolutely spend some time writing to local governments or going to town meetings to allow rainwater collection. Like ask them why they don't allow it. And if they say it's for your safety, it's a complete excuse. There's very simple filter setups that many places in Africa, Thailand, and various uh, second and third world countries with poor quality water utilize. That's extremely cheap and it would save families thousands of dollars a year. Um, these rainwater collection systems can, I mean, save drastic amounts of water yearly for families, which is the big reason why the government would rather you pay them than be self-sufficient because they want your money, just saying. Now, if that's not enough motivation, let's talk cost on large scales of what soil, earthworm castings, water, nutrients, and various other operational costs on average cost dispensary or cannabis farm or operation owners. So we're going to talk about it in California. I wanted to run down that list of kind of just a, I mean, I barely touched on the list of what it really takes to operate a business or a cannabis business or anything like that. So um, there's so much more out there. There's so much more uh, to do as far as uh, uh, it, to pay for licensing and things like that. So we're going to just go ahead and talk now in California, what it costs to operate just the things we talked about and how much money you could save being regenerative on all of that. So in California alone, most owners have to rent spaces which annually average to $50,000 to $100,000 or more per year, not including the several thousands of dollars it takes to license the business. And when I say several thousands of dollars, I do mean upwards of five to $10,000. Um, and then you have to factor in electrical costs to operate monthly, which generally for large operations uh, that can't use sun, you know, they're not growing outdoors or greenhouses, it takes around $10,000 to $20,000 or more uh, per month because that's including lights, AC, pumps, anything, anything in the facility. It's a lot of money. So that's roughly $240,000 or more a year. Now, that's not including any sort of cost of genetics, expenses, or clones. Uh, maybe emergency situations, maybe things like a fire or something you didn't expect, nutrients, just anything. And that's not including water. So $240,000 or more of your money yearly is going to utility cost as an operational owner generally. And if you guys are listening and don't believe me, um, go, you know, go reach out on the forum at www.homegrowncannabisco.community and ask some people who own uh, facilities. Ask them if they can give you a guesstimate of what their average expense uh, for, for electric is yearly if they'll if they'll give you a ballpark range so that you understand it. I mean, it's expensive i'm probably giving you a low-end range for most of the large facilities that are operating in california now um facilities most facilities are looking at roughly half a million dollars um in general for one year of operation which is insane so you're talking half a million dollars just on operational cost that you could save in, in total if you were regenerative um, you know, imagine saving $240,000 per year on electricity because your facility runs off solar and hydro-powered energy or using natural sunlight from outside. Then add if you owned your piece of property for your operation, completely owned it, you know, you're not paying rental spaces or anything, that's $340,000 saved just in those aspects alone, which that's obviously not everyone can just go, okay, well, I need to move my business here. This is where my business is. but. This is where it's like, we all need to push for federal legalization so that more people can have these businesses access in various places that give them the access to run these facilities and farms and boutique farms and, and get rid of these large cannabis corporations that are taking over and stripping home growers rights and build more boutique farms um, to help the people who can't grow their own medicine, um, but promote home growing to pretty much everyone across the board to be self-reliant, regenerative, uh, waste-free and all that. 
Now, we haven't even done the full diagnosis of every cost breakdown, which soil, nutrients, items, water, or whichever else for a facility can uh, be immensely costly over a year span. And we'll do a rough low end at $50,000 for a facility, which is like literally a, I'm sure people listening that own facilities are like, yeah, I wish 50,000. So um, imagine having a farm where 400,000 to half a million dollars of the expenses were covered completely. I mean, that's a absolutely insane amount to take home, even on a small individual scale. I guarantee regenerative farming can save someone four to $8,000 or more per year on their grows, just as an individual cultivator at home. Um, some areas are insane with electric and water prices for you know utility costs per month. So saving here and there can actually really, really add up for the general individual or massive facility. That's why it's really best to be regenerative Make use of what mother nature provides for free and don't pay an arm and a leg to get your medication for yourself or for your patients. That's the main thing is you want to, you know, you really want to do all, all of this yourself and, and grow the best quality medication you can for yourself or for whoever you're providing for. Now that I've pretty much blabbed uh, all about regener regenerative farming, gave you guys some guesstimates on cost, gave you guys some operational averages in California. California is one of the most uh, highest expensive, or one of the more costly states to run a business in. So that's why I wanted to point it out there. It's one of the largest Canada states. It's one of the largest states, obviously, in America. Um, I think it is the largest state. I, 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 it's either that or Texas. I think Texas beats it, but yeah, there's there's my massive uh, geography. I know I know a ton of cannabis stuff, but geography. But anyways, now that I've done blabbing and, and pretty much given my two cents on regenerative farming, how it can save you an immense, immense, immense amount of money. I mean, if you're a business, half a million dollars. If you're just a singular business, half a million dollars is insane. Now imagine if you're a, a large scale business where you have multiple uh, locations throughout a state or in you work in multiple states with multiple facilities. I mean, that's half a million dollars per facility technically. So you could be saving two, three, four million dollars a year, depending on if you do it right. So that's a lot of money. That's a lot of lives you could uh, change in a sense of, you know, maybe offering jobs to, um, expanding your 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 operation to offer those jobs, which increases livelihood of, of various individuals. Um, maybe you can spend more money on the product, invest, all sorts of things. You know, uh, do fun things for your teams. Team morality is a big thing. You know, spending money on your teams, giving promotions, bonuses, those kind of things when they're well deserved is always always beneficial. So. Now that I've blabbed about all that, stay tuned as we take a short break with Homegrown Cannabis Co. to hear the latest deals, news, and all that good information. And uh, don't go anywhere because when we get back, we're gonna have uh, a little more fun talking about regenerative farming. So stay tuned. Hey, Parker Kurt is back again to give you some more sweet details on our latest free seed deal. Like I mentioned earlier, we're giving away four free lemon drizzle autoflower seeds with every order over at homegrowncannabisco.com with code LEMONS. That's L-E-M-O-N-S. Lemon Drizzle Auto is an Indica hybrid cross with Critical Auto and Mazar Auto, which you can expect to harvest some super citrus-filled resinous buds in only 10 weeks. Best to leave Lemon Drizzle Auto for nighttime sessions or lazy days as they glue you to the couch. You can look forward to unparalleled relaxation, euphoria, and creativity after a single toke.
And we're back from that amazing break with Homegrown Cannabis Co. So be sure to take a big rip of whatever you're smoking on and let's get back into this regenerative farming episode. In this segment, I'm going to go over some various regenerative farming tips, methods, or ways that you growers or operation owners can add to your current setup to save some money today. I already discussed most of this in the prior section, but that was more about uh, cost and efficiency and um, how it can affect your, uh, your wallet. This is going to be more of like, here's all the methods of regenerative farming that you could think of. And there's many more methods of regenerative farming out there um, and, and various ways you can get fun with it, creative with it. The, the idea of regenerative farming is being regenerative, meaning you are utilizing all waste in, on your farm to uh, recycle, upcycle, and reuse. Just a, you, you want to be as waste. If you're producing waste, you want that waste to be useful on your farm. And if you do produce any amount of waste, you want it to minimize the waste. Um, so now first thing off, we're going to talk about solar um, for in general. And think about solar for a whole house is generally unreasonable, um, even for a full facility. If you're not placed in the right position, uh, putting solar on costs way more upfront to get back. You're looking at 10 to 15 years or 30 years out to get your investment back. So it's not always functional to do that. Now, if you're running one to two tents or a massive reader room, or maybe you're running a very a room that's super hot and pulling so much energy, um, it might be best to consider a solar setup to charge that specific room or appliance like your lights, AC, or any appliance you use to grow um, that can take a massive workload off your utilities and save some serious change in utility cost. I mean, that saving, if you're pulling, you know, your most costly appliance starts pulling half to a quarter of what it was pulling, think of how much money you could be saving, especially if that appliance is a commercial grade AC unit or, um, you know, a humidifier, dehumidifier or something. So something to consider. It's something maybe as a uh, uh, an owner of a facility, maybe you stick one or two or three high-end uh, panels or maybe four high-end panels on the roof just to collect enough solar energy to uh, uh, basically help the cost of the operation. Um, without so much of an upfront cost to putting solar into your facility, because that's ridiculous to turn something completely solar. Um, not everyone can do solar, but if you do have access to potentially running water or feeling like building a sloped pond that has a natural flow fast enough to charge hydroelectric battery cells, you can always consider that option for charging, charging batteries too. Um, it may not do much, but operate pumps or low NT5 lighting, depending on what you have. But if you have a nice big old stream, it could definitely do some serious uh, uh, batteries, you know, work. Um, but it's money saved for you to spend whichever way you need, regardless of it. If you have running water, you already have a pond or something, you might as well utilize that, put in a little hydroelectric wheel that charges batteries and things like that. Another big thing to consider is maybe utilizing a cichlid or tilapia pond or tank for aquaponics farming. This can minimize a lot of nutrient costs since fish excrement is very nutrient rich, which can, which can sustain plants at all stages. Um, that's why there's a lot of brands like fish shit or, um, uh, there's another one that's like, uh, uh, foop, foop is really good. Um, they're all fish shit and foop are very, very quality blends. Um, you know, you have Neptune's harvest, which works on, um, fish and seaweed excrement and stuff like that. So our fish and seaweed extract. So yeah. So, um, this type of farming aquaponics can minimize a lot of the nutrient costs since fish excrement is very nutrient rich. Um, 
And that can save a ton on your nutrient cost if you don't have access to compost or you don't necessarily want to bring smelly compost or soil indoors or have an earthworm bin indoors. Maybe you have kids that run around, knock it over. Maybe you don't have a space for it. Maybe you're in a small apartment. Maybe you just don't want it in your house because you don't want bugs, that kind of thing. That's totally fine. And that's why a lot of people go with hydroponics, which the alternative to hydroponics to having an easier setup setup would be like an aquaponics setup. So maybe consider that it's a little more natural. You'll get some very flavorful uh, terpene rich bud, um, very frosty bud from some aquaponics systems I've seen. Now, like I said earlier, catching rainwater is a great way to save money. If you have store large storage barrels or barrels to filter and save clean and treated water, which is important, you have to filter and treat it like, um, the rainwater is not just clean water. You can't just drink it. You know, if you're in a city, that could be all the shit off the street that gets evaporated. And yeah, you want to filter it. Um, there's a really, really simple, you can YouTube simplistic water catch systems for like third world countries or, or Africa. And they usually do like two big blue barrels. And there's one of them is like full of like sandstone, all these natural ways to basically filter out water and, and toxins. And they've done massive studies on it that it actually filters better than most filtration facilities and it's cleaner and more pure water. So very, very good. Um, now again, many state and local municipalities do not allow for rainwater collection. So I do urge many of you listeners to take action and ask your town councils, your state legislators, why they don't allow you the right to collect free water and filter it yourselves. Um, it could save average families thousands of dollars yearly, which it does make all the difference from impoverished to middle-class or wealthy. So, um, you know, it's a drastic change for families when you can start being regenerative, even just in your own life. Um, now, lastly, try to use some items or accessory for growing that can be reused several times or many times over. This can save on operational cost and waste, which waste is one of the big things for any large company or cannabis farm or business in general. Um, they produce amount, an immense amount of waste, uh, specifically cannabis packaging for many states requires the items to be packaged in like an insane amount of items. So it's a, it's a, it's a ton of waste for cannabis operators to have. So minimizing waste while operating the farm or grow can help save that massive waste um, amount and save on some money. Now growing your own veggies or plants required to feed any animals you use for farming or top feeding or with tilapia having a smaller feeder tank that breeds their food, you know, small fish and stuff. Always think of being self-sufficient, but be realistic and cost-efficient with your strategy. Sometimes solar doesn't make sense, so that's where it may be best to consider taking and moving your actual farm or operation to a place, or maybe moving to a place that allows for outdoor farming, if that's what your livelihood and happiness or your income comes from. Maybe you have to transport cannabis an hour or two, and maybe you have to make some adjustments and put an upfront cost. However, you may save $200,000 to half a million dollars or more, um, which transporting costs yearly definitely do not cost that if done right. I know um, you're only going to get up there uh, if you're a large brand shipping all over the place or operating in multiple states and you're like literally running multiple trucks. But the, like that brand is going to be making so much money that that in comparison, it's going to be, um, you know, like $50,000 to $200,000 expense kind of thing where your $200,000 expense is having to 
have your facility somewhere where you can't have an outdoor farm where your $50,000 expense is now just you transporting from that farm to your facility a little further. So it is a trade-off to have your actual farm in places that can set up for total regenerative setups, saving half a million or more. It's, it's a big no-brainer for most business people, but sometimes it doesn't make sense. I get it. People aren't made of money. You can't just snap your fingers and magically move. Um, things don't work like that. So you know, if you are an operation, you're looking to make changes or adjustments, or you're a, uh, an individual that's looking to make changes or adjustments in your own life, uh, my best suggestion, suggestion, my best suggestion <laughs> is to find a facility or find a piece of property that is on a sloped piece of property that has hopefully multiple well access with running water. Um, it's going to set you up for the best, and if you can find one with a actual uh, um, uh, why can't I think of it? Uh, for some reason, the name of this, this, this little body of water has escaped me. Um, essentially a spring. If you're, if you can find a property with like a spring on it, like a little, little body of water, that's a naturally flowing spring or reservoir, and it's consistent, uh, clean and clear water that can, oh my gosh, that will save you so much money annually. You will, You'll never have to probably leave your your property. You'll you'll be able to be completely self sufficient, and that means you know maybe you have beef and dairy cows and poultry for chi you know chicken and eggs and all sorts of things. So you never have to leave. That's that's what regenerative farming is all about. It's uh trying to uh be regenerative in all aspects of your life, less wasteful. You know Nikki and Swami talk about it a lot, which I urge all of you to go check out their uh, current outdoor growth series that. You know, we have several episodes with them on YouTube, um, Homegrown Cannabis Co's YouTube, and they are absolutely amazing. I suggest all of you to go watch them if you are listening to this episode and want to go look at a actual true regenerative farm and just see their lifestyle and see how happy these um, individuals are. And just, it's a beautiful farm. It really is. So that's all for me about regenerative farming in today's episode. I hope you listeners enjoyed me blabbing away about how to save some dollar dollar bills yearly. Be sure to show Homegrown Cannabis Co. some serious love and check out their top-notch cannabis seeds that you can utilize for your regenerative setups and browse those seeds over at www.homegrowncannabisco.com. And remember, you can tag me at chronic, K-R-O-N-I-C, at www.homegrowncannabisco.community. If you have any questions you'd like to ask me or simply have a chat, I go through all my tags once a week to every other week and respond to all of your questions. So be sure to get them in to get your help. Make sure to follow along whichever platform you're tuning in from. And I hope you all have an amazing day. Much love, happy growing, and peace. Thanks, Chronic, for another amazing podcast. And thank you, home growers, for listening. Remember to like, follow, and give the podcast a five-star rating. Remember to use code LEMONS, that's L-E-M-O-N-S, over at homegrowncannabisco.com to pick up your free lemon drizzle auto seeds with anything you buy. Happy growing and see you in the garden.